Welcome to the CDM Podcast, a production of Contagious Disciple Making. We exist to catalyze movement through coaching, community, and communication. We created this podcast to help everyday Christians to become world-changing disciple makers. I'm Paul Watson, and this is Rebecca Ewing, and you're listening to the CDM Podcast. Is there hope for America? That's what we're going to be talking today. But before we get into that, what we need you to do is we want you to like, share, five-star rate, and review this podcast. Download the CDM app if you haven't done that yet. We need you to come and join a growing platform where you can access our praying community of disciple makers, learn from our podcasts, blogs, and videos so they can help you make disciples in your own life and ministry. Now, while you're there, you can support this podcast by following the link to our Patreon. Your support allows us to continue to offer and create new content and support disciple makers like you as they transform their communities with the gospel of the kingdom. And as a thank you, those who give at least $5 a month will have access to our premium content that dives even deeper into the challenges and tips for disciple making. As I said before, because I wanted to get your attention... Is there hope for America? Now, there's some specific things coming up that we're going to uh, we we're going to be putting on in order to help us realize that yes, there is hope, but we can't just sit around. We got to do some things. Rebecca, tell us about one of those things that's coming up. Well, uh, we're going to be hosting a night of prayer and fasting for America. It's coming up on November first from 5.30 to 7 p.m. PST. And uh, we're asking you to invite your your friends, your pastors, your ministry partners. This is a open prayer time for anybody and everybody who's a Christian who has a burden for America, for the things that are happening. It's a dark time and we need to be praying and fasting together. And as we talk through this, we're going to be giving you uh, a lot of the the why and the what of what we want to be able to start seeing happen here and uh, how we can be able to move forward as we talk in this today's podcast. So let's talk about a little bit about the current situation. We don't have to belabor the point. You guys know what's going on. We just want to bring us in the context so we can have this conversation. So first of all, you know things are bad politically in the United States today. There is a broader division between parties than there has ever been historically. I really think that I can say that. There's a huge divide between our parties, and there doesn't seem to be much effort on both sides to come together and to be able to have a conversation. Things are bad socially. We have significant racial divisions in our in our country. We have the LGBTQ and trans agendas that are being forced upon everyone. Uh, I just came from San Diego and I'm watching people have to wear, you know, rainbow things as flight attendants. And I know that it's probably pushed by the union. I've even heard of people like being forced in uh, in Starbucks to wear the rainbow type, you know, support the gay agenda, the, the LGBTQ agenda. And if they don't, then they get they get talked to, you know, and treated as if they're if there are homophobes or full of hate and those kind of things. So that's happening, guys. Things are bad across the church as a whole. You know, Rebecca and I were just reading a report recently, uh, a Pew report came out the middle of September. It says there's a decline in church attendance across the board. 
that people who claim to be uh, Christians in the 90s, there was like, well, I, Rebecca, you're better at stats than I am. What Go through those for us because I'm going to mess it up. No, no, it's fine. And so, you know, this was put out by Pew Research and it was studying the the uh, amount of people who claim to be Christians. So you as adults who identify themselves with as Christians in the early 1990s, 90% of U.S. adults identified as Christians, okay? In 2007, it reduced to 78%. Today, so in 2022, it's down to 64%. So notice a difference between 90 and 64% in just a few decades. And so, but, and so therefore they're saying that depending upon whether the decline, you know, relatively stays the same or speeds up, the, the reality is, is nothing changes, you know, and it we continue this decline, then by 2070, we'd be down to 54 to 35 percent. Good gravy. On this on this number. And and honestly, I really I really think that it, the, the 35 is that as the at least, because once you start the flood, once you start that decline, once you start that that Christianity is no longer, quote, in the majority it's going to start really going downhill so far as it's po- even being known as being popular. Why am I saying that? Guys, as we got, get into the disciple-making response, we also give some specifics on how to be able to, to be joining us and being a part of the solution in our nation is that I don't care if you're one person in the middle of nowhere, nobody in the middle of nowhere, you strike out and say, I'm willing to obey. I'm willing to follow. I'm willing to do something even though nobody else is. God's going to use it. Mm-hmm, 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 absolutely. So the disciple-making response, guys, it begins, I'm just going to say this, a focus on repentance, okay? Every every single change that happened in the Old Testament kingdoms, where I'm thinking King Josiah, I'm thinking Nehemiah, I'm thinking all of these began with with the people of God being called in repentance, called to turn from their wicked ways and begin to follow God's ways as a people again and, and everything. Let's be clear the difference between repentance and confession. We should we confess? Absolutely. But nowadays we don't seem to get past confession. Confession mm. is admitting the fact that we've done wrong or something is wrong. But, th- but repentance is when we actually do something different. When you uh, We talk about this passage all the time, but in Luke 3, 1 through 14, John the Baptist, how he teaches the people to repent is that he says, listen, it's you can't just say that you repent and get baptized. You have to show that you're, be- that you're repenting. You have to give acts of repentance. And that's what I'm going to, and that's what we need to do. And he led them through specific things that they needed to do, which by the way, all the things that he told them to do were things regarding the kingdom of God. In other words, how they treated one another. So, hey, help out those that, that need help, uh, you know, and and the, the needy. Stop having corrupt government. Stop using your power to oppress people. You know, things like that. That's the things that he told them to start with. When it came to repentance to see the kingdom of God. So guys, when we set about the process we're about ready to talk to you about, we're not just talking about saying, oh, we're sorry. We're saying, how do we do something different now? Yeah. Some of the other things, including, and we're going to go into more detail in just a moment, but some of the other things we're going to talk about are we want we need to focus on prayer and fasting. 
So it begins with a focus on repentance. It moves into a focus on prayer and fasting, a focus on personal responsibility, not just shoving it off to other people or shoving it off to the church to deal with it or your pet favorite Christian organization to deal with it or even the government to deal with it. Your favorite political party, it's saying personal responsibility to move forward. Focus on obedience. Focus on disciple making, helping people learn to follow God as part of their everyday life and to do the same, uh, to help others do the same. Focus on the kingdom of God. You know, and I think this one is really important that's going to bring a lot of this stuff together is the idea of we're here to seek the kingdom. Paul and I are calling people through contagious disciple making and all of our team to be able to say, what would it look like if our cities, if our states, if our nation started? you know, started to look like the kingdom of God, that his will is done on earth as it is for heaven, that like the leaven, it, it, you know, God's gospel and kingdom spread through every part of, of society and to all people groups. And the thing is, is that in order to, order to understand that this means that it changes how the way that we operate within our communities, how we do government, how we love each other, how we uh, engage in our schools and in our culture and everything about it. It that's what it's supposed to be, and that God is says that this is the most important thing to Him is these souls and how that they're being cared for here on this earth far more than exactly how what we do on our su- Sunday morning to sing and worship Him. This is, again going back to that Isaiah one. He cares so much more about what's happening outside of the walls of our church than he is on the inside of the walls of church. Hear me what I'm saying. I don't mean that inside the walls of churches, if we're doing horribly simple things, he doesn't care about that. My point is he's more uh, concerned about the lost and needy people and, and, and the bad things that are happening that need to be addressed than even the, the worship songs that we sing to him on Sunday morning. Mm Mm-hmm. So we, I just want to say in conclusion to all of that, that we can work to make revival happen, and we can work to see disciple-making movements happen among the lost. So the key answer here is how. So how do we call people to repent and take ownership of expanding the kingdom of God? Well, first of all, you know, I think that we need to, we need to show them what scripture says. Okay, we've got to show them what the Bible says. We've got to model obedience. I think that's really important that we are living this out ourselves. We're not asking people to do something we're unwilling to do. We're living it out and we're modeling it what it looks like. We need to invite them to join us as we obey Christ. So now it's not you obey Christ over there. I'll obey Christ over here. It's like, no, I'm going to try to work this into my life. And I want you to come alongside me as we're working it out together. We're going to have to become, as we call in contagious disciple making disciples worth multiplying disciples that they sit there who can actually say like Paul, the apostle did imitate me as I imitate Christ. I know it sounds super spiritual, guys, to say, don't look at me. Look at Jesus. He's the one you need to cast your gaze onto. But that's actually not biblical. The biblical thing that we're to strive to is so that we can say, like the Apostle Paul, imitate me as I am imitating Christ. And we will grow together, okay? We're to pray and we're to fast 
We're inviting other people to do these things as well, following our example, gathering them to celebrate the results, and then figuring out what are the obstacles that are staying in the way. Obstacles to us being more obedient followers of Christ, but also obstacles between us and seeing the gospel of the kingdom permeate all places in our society. And how do we overcome those? then we want to establish communities of people who are doing these things. And we call those in Contagious Disciple Making a disciple-making community. You've probably heard some of our podcasts about it. If you haven't, go take a listen. We just did one not too long ago. So you're going to want to listen to those podcasts about disciple-making communities and how, how that works. So let's give some particulars here. So, you know, guys, in fact, this is even part of our what we call our big, hairy uh, audacious goal is the fact that we want to see a disciple-making community in every city across the U.S., that there is a community of people who are actively trying to raise prayer, do good for their cities, and engage the loss and reach all the peoples in it through disciple-making movements. And so, you know, if you want to learn more about and be a part of that big, hairy, audacious, audacious goal, reach out to us team at contagious disciple making.com please it's not discipleship contagious <laughs> disciple making.com so team at contagious disciple making.com and let us know you want to have or be a part of a disciple making community where you at you, you are at so but today what we're going to be particularly talking about is prayer and fasting and how we as the body of Christ can raise up raise up at such time as this to be able to fast and seek his face together. So, you know, just so, so we have a guide called the prayer and fasting guide. It's on our app. You can look it up any app store. You can download contagious disciple making app. And in the homepage in the carousel, there's our fall prayer and fasting guide. And inside of it, it has the theme and guides people through the four pillars of second uh, Chronicles 714. Second uh, Chronicles 7.14 says that we must humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, and turn from our wicked ways. Okay? It's four things. So humble ourselves. It, it's calling people to fast. Two, pray, obviously. Calling people to pray. Three, to seek his face. These particular ones have a passage, each particular entry has a passage to read and then to ask God questions to say, how do you want me to, how do you want me to pray for my city? And what do you want me to do about it? And how do you want me to pray for the church? And what do you want me to do about it? How should I change based upon what I read here? And you pray over it. So you're, we're listening from, we're seeking his face to have him speak to us. And lastly, turn from our wicked ways. So we need to repent. We need to do something in response to what he's telling us in this. And so at the end of each entry, there's an I will statement saying, this is what I'm going to do in response to this particular one. And the thing is, what we want to do is create and we want to create a whole network and we want to raise up the body of Christ to do these things. If we're praying, if we are reading his word and seeking his face through his word and in prayer and we're fasting and we are changing and we're repenting, we're going to see a huge amount of, uh, of change happen and God do a work in us and around us that is going to shock us, you know, so. Guys, it, this is not just about the, the the movement that we're trying to create. It's not just about praying a bit more. 
It's about repentance, asking God to change us, committing, and for us to be committing to changing how we do life and that in committing ourselves to do what it takes to see this evil stopped, to see his kingdom manifest and for us to be obedient to God again. So what we're going to do now, we're going to go to through each one of these four pillars and we're going to tell you the why, the how, and uh, the why and the how to be able to start doing it. So the first one is fast. Yeah. So what are we trying to do when we fast? Well, first of all, we we need to humble ourselves and mourn over lostness. I don't know if any, you guys have ever been in a place where you've been really sad over something and forgotten to eat or felt didn't feel like you could possibly eat. The idea of this is that we are becoming so uh, in touch with what's going on in our nation today that that we're mourning. And as a result, we're giving up that food going, oh, I would rather pray and spend time with God over this than to go and to, to eat. We're trying to also in that process of giving up food to downgrade the temporal clamors for our attention in order to focus on what is eternal, giving up that that shortcut of temporary, I want the comfort right now, and and say that the only true comfort that I can find is through God himself. And then we're also demonstrating that we're hungry for deliverance and change. And actually, it actually develops a further hunger for deliverance and change. You know, you might sit there, there's plenty of people who start fasting and they're like, I know I should care. (laughs) And I do (laughs) at certain level you know, whatever. But as we're doing this, guys, as we put prayer and seeking God's face and turning above even our own food, we become more spiritually and emotionally hungry mm-hmm. for, for these things to happen. So guys, how do we do this? Well, first off, we are actively calling people to abstain from food. That's right. So, you know, I know a lot of people that say fast, but what you mean is just not be on social media. Well, sure, if you don't want to be on social media, that's fine. But we're actively asking you to abstain from food for certain periods of time. And so this could be a single meal to multiple days. And 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 right now, we're especially during the time that we are right now, especially the season that we're in, we're asking people to, to, to fast surrounding this particular event. You know, we're going to have the night of prayer that's coming up. And we really want people to be fasting surrounding this particular event. But, you know, also we need to be fasting regularly. You know, this is going to take the long haul, guys. You know, this is going to take the long haul and and we're supposed to be a people of God that regularly fast. And so in our CDM community, we're calling people to have a weekly fast. Now, again, according to your ability and need, it could be mean it's one meal. It could mean that it's an entire day. But the idea is, is that weekly we are fasting to see him work in us and through us. And so who do we do this with? You know, We've gotten to a place that fasting, we get this idea that it's just something we do personally. Now, please do it personally if you don't know anybody else who's willing to do this with you. Be be bold to, to start this journey on yourself, but without delay. But however, this is when we look at the scriptures, fasting is something that's supposed to be done at in, in and with community, with other people in this whole process. And so what, what we're going to be asking you to do is both with this prayer guide and with uh, with fasting is that you share this practice with your friends and church family, that you pray through this guide together, that you agree to fast together first as a friends and family. 
then also as you know with it been uh, perhaps your church group uh your small group or even going to your pastor saying can we do this even within our church service at some level and then also joining uh together as a broader community so one of these examples uh, and of opportunities is this whole night of prayer but you know, for instance, Paul and I, you know, with our our, our um, community here at Contagious Disciple Making, we weekly have a prayer and fasting time on Wednesdays from 8.15 to 9.15 a.m. And you can join us on Zoom. You can, by the way, find all these apps on our prayer, uh, on our app, excuse me, underneath CDM events. And you can join us by Zoom and be able to pray with us. You know, we need to be praying together as a, and fasting together as a global community and a national community, all praying together for these things. I think that brings us to the next one. So we just talked about fasting, but fasting should lead to praying. So, but why are we praying? Why is that? And what are we trying to do with all of that? Well, first of all, we're engaging in spiritual warfare. We understand that the reason that people don't see who God is, is because their understanding is shackled by the evil one. He has deceived them and they are they are unable to until this the the gospel of Christ, the, the kingdom of God permeate you know penetrates that through his word and breaks those shackles so they can step into freedom. So first and foremost, when we pray, we're engaging in spiritual warfare against a spiritual enemy. We're confessing and we're recognizing our guilt in this part. And we're pleading for mercy. We're pleading for deliverance. And we are repenting, you know, asking the Lord what we need to do to be different, to do differently and, and following his guidance in there as we're seeking truth. And as we're, as we're, we're holding up our deeds and examining them in the light of God and in the light of scripture and saying, okay, father, what do I need to do next? And doing what's next, taking action. So that means stopping those actions we shouldn't be doing, doing the things that we need to be doing in order to obey, and, and taking action to address the enemy, to face it on, head on, whatever it is that's plaguing both us personally, but also our community, that we're willing to take a stand, that we're petitioning God for favor, like Nehemiah did. You know, we're saying, give me favor as I go stand in front of my school board this day. Give me favor as I'm going and into my city council meeting this day. Give me favor as I'm at a crisis pregnancy center advocating for the unborn children and saying that we will help this mom raise their baby. I mean, that's what we're asking God to do. And give us favor even just as we go and talk with our neighbors and, and, mm -hmm. and engage with them. You know, so because guys, we need large amounts of prayer. Okay, you know, God has God has has made this to where large things happen as people come together pray, as as the body of Christ comes together and pray. That we know it in disciple making movements that no movement of God has been started without a movement of prayer. You know, uh, the Butch Puri, you know, did not get reached in the disciple making movement until there were people praying in every time zone for this particular thing. So it will take all of us being able to do this together. So how are we going to do this? So first off, overall, what we're trying to do here at CDM and what we're going to be doing moving forward is trying to create uh, communities of people who pray together regularly all the time as what they're doing, putting in those habits and to not just encourage people to do the habits, but actually activate people to pray. So we'll be going around 
like community organizers, mobilizing people to pray, uh, but it, whether it's officially in some kind of meeting or te- uh, telling people we need to be praying just at, throughout life as we get together and have fun, taking some time to be able to pray with one another. And then also increasing communication across the board for prayer requests and things like that. If, if you have not gotten onto our CDM prayer page, you need to. Again, mm-hmm. in our app, it'll say CDM prayer page and you click on that. There are, there are over a thousand people. There are hundreds of people on this page who are posting prayers all from all around the world and prayer requests saying, pray for me as I do this and pray for my area as we have this pray against this that's happening. And people are posting prayers to be able to to be a part of that. And so, guys, again, take this particular prayer guide that we have here and be sharing it and and the different habits that we're going to be doing and do it personally. And then with your friends and family and then with your small group and then with your church family and then join us as a growing national and global community together as we're trying to do this together for such a time as this. But this leads us to our next pillar because in and while we're praying and fasting, we need to be listening to God. We need to be seeking what he has to say this because we're facing some huge, complicated issues. You know, things have gotten bad. You know, when it was just a bad little cut, we could have done something simple. But now we're getting to be to where it's getting bad. So we need to listen to him. So, guys, part of what we're saying this is that this is the part of listen. We need to return to his word and and to stop avoiding the ish, obvious issues and also stop avoiding the commands that tell us to actively be involved in these things. And we need to seek to hear his voice and gain his wisdom. So that means we need to be listening to his convicting spirit. We need to be asking for him for wisdom and guidance as we investigate what we should do and come up with and our plans and how we should be able to address these particular issues issues you know so kind of like nehemiah like we said earlier in building the wall he created a plan to be able to see it happen and said we're willing to do what it happened uh, what it takes to see it happen but it had there had to be a place of where there was planning and investigating what was the best thing to be able to do so there's some things we can get started immediately to do so like for instance here at cdm we can be able to help you know how to start developing relationships with lost people around you your co-workers your neighbors your friends you know things like that we we can help you do that and get started right away doing the simple things. But the hard things, let's be banding together with other believers to be able to be fig and with God seeking his wisdom on how to be able to address these issues the way he wants them to be addressed, not the way the, the world is told us to be addressed. So that brings us to the last pillar, which is repent, that we don't need to not just search this out and figure it out. We need to take action. Repentance requires us to do something or else we're not repenting, right? I mean, it's it's not just like Rebecca said before. It's not just confessing, I did wrong. It's now saying, I did wrong, and this is what I need to do right. It reminds me of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus didn't just sit there and say, yeah, I stole from a bunch of people. <laughs> Ah, my previous way of life. God's I won't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, he, Zacchaeus said, man, I stole. I did wrong. I'm going to return what they, not only am I not going to do it again, I'm going to return what they did. And I'm going to give them even more because I realize they've done without because it's my fault. Okay. So repentance requires us to do something. 
We have to focus on lasting change and full commitment to answering the problems that we face. You see, guys, this is not just calling you to a crash diet or just asking you to show up and protest one day in front of whatever thing is happening. You know, you might need to do that, but you should be there every day standing for truth and righteousness in those spaces and not just showing up when you're angry. We have to change how we do life. We need to we need to value have the same values that the good Samaritan has that we're committed to doing everything. We need to be we need to be like Hezekiah and we need to not just sit there and say it's I'm holy, but now we're committed to going out and removing the high places. Guys, I'm just going to say this, it's not seeing the kingdom of God come when we allow high places to still exist in our community, strip clubs, places where they gamble, places where there's abortion. You know, those kind of things are the high places of our world. Or even now our schools are becoming high places uh, to these particular things. But guys, you know, so in other words, kind of like we we're saying earlier with Nehemiah and the Good Samaritan, they took extreme ownership of the situation to say, what is it going to take and how is it going to be, what is it going to take to get it done? And we have to do this both in our personal lives we can start there, but then also within the church community and then also as a broader city level, what do we need to do? And we have to be willing mm, to pay the price. We have to be willing to endure the persecution, to it, to uh, it, to give of our time, money, efforts, to be willing to change our way of life and, and being able to do whatever it takes to see this happen. And so, guys, you know, how are we going to do this? Again, inside of these, but to each particular devotional, you it has an I will statement where you're supposed to write down what you're going to do in response to each passage. Let's do that personally. Let's share it amongst the other people that we're praying through the guides with. When you when we come together and pray for the night of prayer on November 1st, which by the way, you can find where that is on our app. So just go to our under CDM events and look at that. But um, you know, when we come, we're going to be talking about the things that we're going to be doing and committing to God in order to be able to change and write them down and come up with a plan in order to be able to seek that change. And then we're going to band together with other believers who feel the same and create the plans in order to be able to do that too. And that's part of where the whole disciple-making communities come in, because then together we can be able to talk weekly about what are we going to do to be able to address the things around us. So again, contact us about that and and help us to be able to help you get this started where you're at. So in this podcast, we've been talking about the different responses that we can have to all of the stuff, the negative things, the evil that is happening in our world. And we've talked, we've identified them, we've called them out. I hope that if you recognize those in your life, that you will repent from those. And if you hear others advocating for those responses, that you would stand up and say, no, that's not what a disciple-making response is, and that you would be able to tell them, because you've listened to this podcast, what some of those disciple-making responses are, but specifically begin to tell them how to get started on the road to seeing change happen, how to get started on the road to seeing God's kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So number one, join our CDM prayer page. Go on the mm-hmm. app and find that. Number two, go to your pastor, go to your friends, you know, even if it's just yourself, 
Come to our night of prayer and fasting for America, and let's band together to pray for such a time as this on November 1st, just a week before midterm elections, by the way, guys. And then third, let's regularly be using this prayer and fasting guide, which, by the way, you can find in the app again. And let's be doing this with ourselves, with our friends, with our church, and with our with our entire nation together as we seek his face and turn and figure out how to be able to see his kingdom happen here and now. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the CDM podcast. I'm Paul Watson. This is Rebecca Ewing. If you liked what you heard today, then we want you to go on to iTunes, Google Play, give us a five-star rating, write a review, help get the word out about this podcast. And if you love this, this podcast, we want you to be able to access our entire library of podcasts, over 200 podcasts on how to walk out a disciple-making lifestyle in the pursuit of disciple-making movements. You can access that through our Patreon page. Uh, that's P-A-R-T-E-O-N. Is that right, Rebecca? Oh, my goodness. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash faithworks. There we go. There we go. She got it. She's good at <laughs> details. I'm not so great. But guess what? Regardless of, of all of that, we want you to be active in going and making disciples. Until next time, God bless. Thanks for listening to the CDM podcast. To hear part two, become a supporter on our Patreon page. If you're listening in the CDM app, you can click below or you can find the link in the description. For coaching or other resources, connect with us at ContagiousDiscipleMaking.com or download the Contagious Disciple Making app.